This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. And welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent supporters podcast that talks about our national football team. It's not hard hitting. I try not to be controversial. I may throw my two pennies worth in at times, but I just try and bring you England content as and when. And I like to do it with fellow England fans and football fans in general and often with memories and experiences. If you're a new listener, hello. All previous episodes, well, they're available at threelionspodcast.com or your chosen podcast platform. And if you're a regular listener, thank you as always. Now, the most recent episode, we look back on the Wales, Belgium and Denmark international break with some England bloggers. A frustrating break, I think it's fair to say. Anyway, we move on for this episode, which sees us chat to a fellow England fan who set up a travel group fans go to help England fans get to away games. Now he's not the only one to have done this and I take my hat off to any that arrange flights and coaches for our supporters and many of us will have taken these trips but perhaps not appreciated just quite what goes into them all. But Steve Ochcore got in touch to tell his story and if he went on any of his trips back in the day perhaps this will bring back some memories. Right, welcome to the Three Lions podcast. We're going back in time for another one of our episodes and we're speaking with Steve Ochcore. Steve, hello there. Good night, you, Russell. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, doing well. Good. Keeping busy in these these strange times. Yeah, but it's being retired. It's not too bad. It's not made a lot of difference to me, to be fair. Other than having to cancel England trips and rebook them. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that going on at the moment, and we we still don't really know where we stand as uh, in with regards to supporters attending, do we? No, but we're. I, I think we've made a decision that we're going to go anyway. So we've been booked up us and a, and a couple of friends to go to Iceland and. Belgium and Copenhagen, and we're going to go if they allow us in just yeah. to see what happens. Sit well, in a local bar. Lovely. <laughs> I wish you like I, I've booked up for Copenhagen and Brussels. I've booked up for. I didn't do Iceland, but yeah, we'll, we shall. Uh, we'll wait and see. But anyway, you, you got in touch with me because uh, you told me about a a couple of trips that you'd done in the past, uh, which we're going to touch on, but also. Your your very first away game, which was was quite a while ago, which I thought we'll, we'll start the conversation on. Yep, you've got Hungarian roots, haven't you? I'd, yeah, somewhere back, and I'm as, as you can tell by my accent, I'm as English as English can be. <laughs> me, my dad was Hungarian, right. and so half my family still lives over there. And uh, me, my first away game was a long time back in the early eighties. I had to look it up. It was nineteen eighty one. Right. The mighty England was over there, and I happened to be over there on on a holiday with my dad. So uh, my, my cousin just took me to one side and said, uh, "Do you fancy going to football? I know you like your your football." Because I was always bragging, I 
I did a lot of travel early in the 70s with Tottenham. And my first, I've been to see England quite a lot. Mm. The first England game in inverted commas away probably was Scotland the year before, a couple of years before. But that was, yeah, yeah going to Scotland's not really an away day to me. So he got some tickets and we went to see the game in, in Budapest. So was this a, a qualifier for the 82 World Cup, would it have been? Or was it friendly, do you I, remember? It was, it was a qualifier. And I, and I think England up until then have been playing pretty bland and rubbish football. Shouldn't have been looking at the team. But um, yeah, they've they, been playing pretty rough football. And so uh, that, this was a must-win game for them, I think, you find. So this one, I'm just looking at the stats for it. It, it ended Hungary 1, England 3. Is that right? Yeah, but it, it felt a bit closer than that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, there were Surprisingly, there wasn't a lot. Well, I'd say surprisingly, you had to have all visas back in those days. There wasn't a huge English contingent. But the, the Hungarians really were up and they felt they could win the game. Yeah. Um, they were play, was played at the Nep Stadium in the centre of Budapest. Right. They just couldn't, yeah, you just couldn't get enough tickets for this thing. Really difficult to get tickets for. There was a, a lot of people in there, by all accounts. I, it was packed. I genuinely couldn't tell you the, the capacity, but it's 50,000 plus. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever been there. It's not there anymore. It's been knocked down and rebuilt. Oh, right. Um, what, as a new stadium or they've just... I think they built it as a new stadium. I haven't had the pleasure of going there, but I think it's named after uh, a famous Hungarian football called Ferenc Pushkas. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's named after him now. But it's uh, then days it was just a, a typical old-fashioned East European concrete bowl with, I don't remember any roof on the bloody thing. And it was just packed to the rafters with Hungarians making loads of noise with lots of flags. And, and of course, I was sitting with the Hungarians, so it was... a uh, quite entertaining you quite felt quite safe though back then did you i i think there was a little bit of trouble in town not a lot um because you know that that was the days of the 80s but to be fair i had no real problems i could speak a little bit of the language didn't wear my colors which was again pretty traditional in those days and just yeah i i, I felt fairly safe and if somebody spoke to me i could nod back and and utter a few words so i was lucky i did I did shout a little bit when Trevor Brookings scored a, an absolute scorcher, which I seem to remember. I don't remember many of the other goals, but I know it's the one where he hit it so hard he got stuck in the, the top part of the goal. Oh, in the stanchion bit, was yeah, it? Yeah, in the stanchion bit, yeah. Ah. Well, so, it looks like Brookings got two that day and Keegan got a penalty. That's right, yeah. I mean, the Hungarians equalised. When, when, when they equalised, yeah, it just went mad. I, I, You've not been to many stadiums abroad where they created that amount of noise for that long. So, you know, they genuinely, as I say, felt they could win it. Sadly, they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've played Hungary. As we were just sort of saying before we started recording, I've not been to Hungary before. And, and England, as the, as the senior team, we haven't been back there since 99, uh, looking at it. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, I remember we played them a few years back at Wembley, didn't we? Uh, yes, we did. Played them at home, and I thought we'd guaranteed we'd get a reciprocal away game over in 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 Budapest. And again, for me, it's it's easy, so I, I'm used to the place. It's just nice to go there. But uh, no, not happened so far. Not being there as a a specific England trip. So looking forward to it. Yeah, well, well, hopefully in the in the near future we'll uh, we'll be seeing them. Yeah, I'd, one place places I'd like to to tick off. 
But uh, yeah, you, you, you emailed me with um, details of a uh, another particular game that you you went to, which which had me. Uh, oh, this this was a, a great little story that you told me about a trip to Ukraine in in two thousand and nine, um, and it was a game I, I didn't go to. It was a game I remember watching on the cinema in the cinema, which was a uh, I think it was because. See Sky, ITV, or, or whoever obviously didn't have the rights to it, so I had to go and sit. I remember I've still got the the cinema ticket somewhere in amongst all my uh, England paraphernalia, to as some people might call it. But yeah, you you went and you uh you took a fair few people with you. Yeah, it, I mean it was just a, a it's one of the, we always talk about the good trips, the best trips, you know, and we've all been to tournaments which have been fabulous. Mm. Um, but there's always one trip which I went on, I've been quite a few over the years, which always comes up in conversation just because of so much happened on it. And that was yeah, just going to Ukraine. I mean, we, we had a little a little company which we set up a few years back, which we only run for three or four years, called Fans Go. But we used to take sort of 50, 60, usually a coach load to, mm. to various places. And, and that particular tournament, of course, we had Belarus, we had... Kazakhstan and we had the Ukraine, we had Croatia, just the, and there was in between, I think there was a friendly over in Berlin. So right. it was really, really good. And we, we just set up the, the, the flights, the transfers and, and the hotels. I'd take my hat off to anyone who, who puts in that that amount of effort to organise it for, for fellow supporters. So I mean to, to start with, I take my hat off to you. It must take a uh, a lot of doing. Yeah. It, it was fun, to be fair. We, we was, I think, as I said, we was just fed up with seeing some of the way that the fans were treated by the big boys or the official carrier who, who seemed to be taking the mick out of prices. So um, we got together, me, me and a good lady and a guy called Paul Wilson, a Palace fan. Um, we sat down, set the company up, a little limited company. And again, we're not unusual. I think several people have done this over the years. If you remember RAF tours and... I think there's a couple of people still doing this sort of thing now. But yeah, it was, it was it was really good fun and a great way. You know, I can go almost any England game now, and we'll meet people who I've met over the the years doing this business. So it, it's good fun. You just done it for the done it for the fun rather than the. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine there was a great deal of money in it, like profit was there. The, the idea was to be <clears throat> trying to break even. We we. We lost money on the first couple of years, and I think the last year, which was the South Africa World Cup, we we actually broke in. We made ten pounds profit that year, <laughs> which was absolutely stunning. <laughs> but, you know, we we only ever did three four days away. We always we weren't meant to be mega cheap. We're not one of these get five flights, take twelve hours to get to a an away day in Spain. That's just not me, not our style. Um, and it was yeah. For anybody, you didn't have to be an England fan member, though. Though to be fair, you you, you had to be half fitted and know someone else who'd, who'd been with us. Yeah. So this trip to Ukraine was this one of the early ones, one of the first ones you'd done, or? No, we we'd, we'd done a few before, so it was quite quite an easy easy sell. We'd, we'd as I said, we'd been to to Belarus and to to one or two others, um, but this one just just from the off, we 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 we. We set up a, uh, a little group of us went and met uh, Ukraine Air. So we went via them. And you put an order in for 55 seats on Ukraine Air, and they just think you're 
the bee's knees. <laughs> we had to help a lot of people get some visas as well. And and it's quite funny when we went the way that we operate, invariably we dropped a little line or spoke to people who had been with us before. And we, we could easily have doubled that amount ago with us. Yeah. But you know, the idea was we flew into to Kiev and then have a little stay over and then fly down to to Dino Petrovsk. And I know you wanted me to say that word because it was a <laughs> it's a weird old place. It's not quite as far as the Nipro, right? Um, but it, it's more southerly rather than southeasterly. Right, and it's it's got the yeah you know, same sort of same sort of uh, uh, makeup where you've got half of them are Russian and probably probably less than that, and, and the rest of them are Ukrainian, which mm. found very difficult to get on with. But, but yeah, it was like a split trip. But it, it, nothing ever goes simple with these things, does it? <laughs> Keeps you on your toes. Well, absolutely. I mean, even at the airport, the I don't know why, but we was met by some local police who wanted to go through all the details of everybody and make sure people were not tra- – found out late they were just on a freebie because they were also on the flight going down to, to the – they had a, a couple of days on the sun on, based on us, to be fair. Yeah. But um, So they, they checked us out, all went okay until we landed in Kiev, which was which was different. Yeah, I don't know if, you ever, if you've been to any of these uh, ones where you had to go down to Dnipro, but we had to go out of the airport and then – turn up at Terminal 2, which was about a quarter of a mile away, and then wait a few hours for the next flight down to, to, to Dino Petrovsk. I can't call I'm just going to call it Dino. It's, Go it's, on, then. We know what you mean. Um, so we, so everybody, you know, where where'd we go? What would you do? So what would you do? You have a few beers and have something to eat. Yeah. And uh, I think there was about a, a dozen of us ended up sitting in this little cafe just outside International Airport. Um, no one speaking Ukrainian, obviously. And uh, we ordered some some beers, and my good lady was with us, so we ordered a vodka and a bit of lemon. And I always remember came around, this lady came around, she had a dozen beers, put them on the table. She had a carrot of vodka and a slice of lemon. So it just got lost in translation. <laughs> and half a dozen chocolate didn't need them. just got a tumbler and... And I must admit, she drank most of that herself. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was probably cheaper than the beer, was it? It, it was ridiculously cheap. I, and again, I, I don't know how many, they weren't called rubles, were they? I don't know. I've got some of their notes upstairs somewhere. I don't know how many uh, Ukrainian thingies were to the pound, but it, it it literally couldn't have been more than about 10 quid around. Yeah. And that, you know, for a dozen beers and, and some, some vodka as well, you, you can't argue, can you? Not at all. Silly money. Not so quite as silly as in Belarus, because of course she, that one I think we spent a hundred quid spends in four days and still had change. No, yeah, <laughs> obscene. So there's there's fifty of you just just touching in on this cafe ordering beers. Was that right? Well, we so there was a dozen of us in this one. There was um, the rest of them sort of scattered around, ah. went to Saint Louis or went to the other. We thought we'd have to be responsible running the uh, the trip. The idea was we take you there, we get you back, and we just leave you alone in between. Mm. Um, so, we, so we went down to, when the time we got through to the terminal, everybody else was already waiting for us and panicking. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, I've got all the tickets here, I've got these e-tickets or whatever it was. But then, uh, yeah, a large number of 50 fans just milling around and all these police turned out. I thought, oh, no, here we go. We got trouble. Someone's caused trouble, but we was all being fine. Yeah. And then suddenly the Ukrainian football team had landed, and they were all off to the same match. So, so they, uh, 
this was the team obviously we were playing in the game, and they were team was playing in the game. They had dead landed at the airport, and they were off to. I don't know if they was on our flight. I doubt it. Mm. Um, but it was funny because Shevchenko came through, and of course, yeah, he he just took some stick. He took some <sighs> mighty stick. He he waved at the fans, and he got some various brilliant gestures back. <laughs> uh, but uh, to be fair, they also fed him with various sausage rolls and. And brioche and, and and burgers were all thrown his way, and and again the police were really good. I, I thought it was, I thought it was going to kick off, but no. All they did was they took us to one side, let us stand outside this bar, have a few beers, delayed our flight, let these guys go off, and I thought, oh no, what am I going to do now? Because of course at the other end you've got a coach waiting for you, you've got various other things, but I thought sod it, it's not a lot you can do. No. So he just put us on his plane, which we thought, yeah, it's easy, isn't it? Another hour or so, and we, uh, we'll we be down in the Nipro. And um, it didn't happen that way. No? No, there was a, again, I, I've met a few people who were also on his flight, but all 50 of us were stuck on his plane. And there was, I think there was an electrical storm. And so they landed us in, in this airfield. And uh, whether it was a military base or a disused military base, there were, you know, there was a couple of MIGs sitting on there, pulled right. us, landed us on this airplane, uh, airplane on the airport. We thought, what now? Opened up the doors and they just said, everybody out. Was this, was this during the day or was it at night? Or? No, this, was, this was evening. Right. This was in the evening, so it was just getting dark. Um, so we all jumped out, went down, went down the steps, and there's nothing. I mean, there was a fence. There was a hole in the fence. So we just went through this hole in the fence and, and we're left there. So what, what did the yeah. pilot was the pilot or the, the plane staff? What were they? No, the, the, the plane was sat behind us and we were yeah. about 50 yards away outside. No, again, there's, there's no terminals or anything. Yeah. Sitting on the fence and, you know, a couple of people had a few tinnies in, in their bags, but that was about all. So but you, uh, you didn't know what was going on other than you'd sort of come down because of a a storm yeah no one said nothing we just sat there waiting for, for and it wasn't it wasn't raining this is a strange thing russell i mean it was electrical up in the air but there was no rain coming down yeah so um i just thought well what do you want to do here so me and paul walked off we found uh around the other side of the airport there was a calf with a light on knocked on the window a lady came to the door and i sort of waved sort of 20 quid's worth of russian or sorry Ukrainian thingies, yeah, and um, she let us in and opened it up and let us have a beer. Nice one. So, yeah. so yeah, we um opened it up, sent Paul back, bought the rest, not all of them, but twenty or thirty of them came round the corner with us, and we all said she opened up the fridge. So just said, lit take up, what they? you want, take what you want from for beers and sandwiches and things, and this twenty quid seemed to cover everything. So we Fair sat enough. for an hour or so, just sitting in there, keeping warm and drinking. And was this was this the day before the game? Was it? Uh, yeah, we we when we go away. To, to be fair, I usually go, and and all the trips we arrange for for three or four days. So yeah. it's always get there before, have a bit of a laugh and a, a, a see the match, and then come home the day after. Just yeah. saves a lot of asphalt, To be fair, yeah. So so yeah, we we got back on. Finally, the police came round and found us. Shouting a little bit, brought us back. We went back to the hole in the fence. Um, what I did see on on some of the photos that you sent across was, whilst in this sort of airfield, some of the England fans had put their flags up as well, which I thought was great. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> we was making ourselves at home. We didn't know how long. Um, there was a captain with, there's a crew that used to come with us from a, from a place called Bexley Heath in London. Oh, yeah. um, and they're all Charlton fans, or Charlton was their second team. And they used to come along, and you, you'll see their, their, their flags quite a lot, even to this day, Bexley and Bexley Heath mm. and, and the Charlton sign up at the games. Um, yeah, they, they just set them up and, again, cracked the beers and, and just made hay. Again, there's nothing else you can do. No. So um, they let us back on the plane. Oh, the other thing that was funny, when the plane landed, before we got off, half a dozen of the locals got off, run across the airfield and jumped into taxis that they'd ordered. Which which is surreal because you know how did they know they were going to land there? Yeah. We were still a good half hour from where we wanted to be. I don't know. Never answered that question. To be fair, Russell, it's uh, it doesn't matter. It's just always one of those things that stuck in my mind. Where the hell did they know? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'd be panicking. I think to be honest, I come down in an airfield. I didn't know what was going on. It was getting a little bit dark. I think I think, well, what's going on here? I'd, I'd want to know. I, I think we were safety in numbers. We weren't bothered. But mm. I do know one of the lads, his, his wife was, found out later that his wife was tracking the flight, on one of these flight trackers. Now, how you can do that, I don't know. But he, she was tracking the flight, and she was a little concerned when they just went off radar and left. <laughs> and stopped at one spot. She's thinking the worst has happened. I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> but it was well, okay. It's just one of those experiences, isn't it? You, know, you get mm. off an aeroplane, you don't expect too often see a MIG aircraft fly a plane sitting 20 yards away from where you parked. So it was different, different. Yeah. So then when we got to the uh, to the airport down in Dnipro, I thought, here we go. Now we're not going to have no coaches. and Everyone's had a few beers by now, all a bit tired. And we've been travelling, I'm guessing, for the best part of 10 hours by now. And um, and there was no problems at all. The, 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 the coach was there, the police escort was there. We had several outriders. So is that something that you would have organised? Like the fans go organise the coaches at that uh, end? It, no, but if you're flying into, again, this is back in today, um, if you're flying into East Europe and you've got 50 or 60 people or football fans, invariably you're met at the airport by the local police. They did it in, I think they did it in every trip we did. Even Croatia, we had, we had outriders and police takes to our hotel. Okay. Uh, which is funny, but again, for people who haven't been before with somebody, it just says, oh, yeah, I'll organise that. Yeah, look at this, I've got the local police on my side, which is absolute tosh because it was the worst road in the world and we could only go about 20 miles an hour trying to avoid the potholes. But, um, it was yeah, different, different fella. And we all stayed at a, a place called the, uh, the the hotel was called, strange enough, the Dino Petrovsk Hotel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you go to any East European country, they've got one hotel in that city, which is like the Hotel Belarus or Hotel Minsk. Right. It's the Hotel Dino Petrovsk. I think I'd feel quite comfortable with that. I always think that if on a, in a similar vein where I go and if I go to a uh, a restaurant or something and a burger is named after the, the restaurant's name, it's, it's got to be fairly decent if they're going to yeah. name it after uh, after their own place. So, I mean, was it all right? It worked well. <laughs> Depending fine, all right. Um, <laughs> for those days, I mean, it was again, I've used the term atypical, but it was a typical communist hotel. So it was concrete, um, I don't know, seven or eight stories high. Um, you had your, your big foyer, you had your little bit put away for the ladies of the night, had their own little desk on the right. 
at the end of each on each of the floors at the end of each floor you had a little old lady sitting at a desk looking after the to make sure people weren't just coming in and going out you had a a, a small bar and, and, an, and this one actually had quite a big big area where you could sit down and i think they they probably did dances because they had a stage whatever they put tables out there and you could buy a few beers and and have some of the uh, local delicacies which were to be fair pretty average at best <laughs> i was going to say it, it sounded it, all right then <laughs> it, it was clean for a change it was clean and um again for the for the for the t- days that we traveled it was it was okay somewhere to sleep and, and have a quick drink before you set out in your journey i, I don't know if anybody remembers it because i know thompson stayed there as well which surprised me when they turned up the next day they was doing a two-day trip i think um and they they were staying there uh, and if you go outside, there was a great big fountain. It was a, the, the River Dnipro. And there was a big fountain in the river outside the hotel. And then on the left-hand side, there was a big concrete circus. And it was a, a static circus for the for the, na- uh, the National Circus of, of the Ukraine. Okay. So that was interesting, as far as that goes. <laughs> um, what can I tell you? Yeah, so the next day, uh, no, that evening, so that evening we went down at St. Louis, a, a funny little story happened there. And there was a, a, some Russian bouncers on the doors of the of the hotel and, and what they would call a club, I would just call a hall. And we started chatting to this bloke. And he, you know, he was fervent. He was he was a Russian, even though he had the Ukrainian passport. He was a Russian. And it's weird. You know, all those years later, you, you see all the trouble that went off after that. You yeah. begin, you know, I'm glad we never questioned him too much on that because you know they're really patriotic about being russian first ukrainian second um but we we went in there and and again we was all a bit shattered because of a long journey but you still got to have a couple of beers before you you go to bed and a little saint we and uh one of the lads we was a guy uh, he was he's a zulu so he's, he's a birmingham fan called steve oseman he decided in his chances but the russian wanted to swap his his scarf with him and he's going no you're not having not got any, but they're having a real serious discussion. So he said, tell you what, I'll have a dancer. They see can do the best dancing. And they put on some, I don't know, scat man type music because it was rubbish music. And on this little uh, 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 pedestal thing, and it was like Steve Oseman was doing a bit of the old moonwalking and the Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. And this Russian was doing like sort of technic robot dance, which was just bloody hysterical. I mean, they ended up swapping shirts rather than scarves, but it was just funny. So that was quite good. Yeah. Another little story from the trip. So you, you crashed out after that, and then and then a day, what was it, match day the following day? Match day the following day, um, as, as ever up fairly early, went and and went round and, and went to a, a, a museum in the morning, one of right. these war museums. And uh, it was it's quite stunning. Again, I I didn't know a lot about the Ukraine. Why would I? Um, but uh, I I now know a little bit. And we walked in there. Me me and the be my wife and another guy called Richard Durance or Durance, however he was pronounced it. We just walked into this thing. Nothing in English. It's all in it's all in Ukrainian and a bit of Russian. And it was just take you back. It was just like walking into one of the 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 the, the, the camps out there. They had all these. Uh, uh, shoes and hats and dolls and and that and that, you just got the feeling when you started going around and and looking up things online to see was 
turns out there was something like 10 million people killed in the war there. You never even hear about this, Russell. Um, And it turns out half the country support the Germans and half the country support the Russians. And uh, when the Germans came in, they they, they obviously took reprisals one way. And then when the Russians came back, the the reprisals were were, were even more severe. You know, 10 million is just a big number. Colossal Um, figure, yeah. it, It is, it is. But then we, we, we just went down. We had a, a nice meal further around, admired all the missiles that were on show because they, they love their military might, these Eastern European countries. Went down by the Dnipro River, uh, had a nice stroll. And then really it was time to get ready to, to go to the game. What can I tell you about the game? We, we're going up there. Um, at the local Bob, our, our police force was out having all their pictures taken with their little helmets on. And you know, the little girls around there, I'm thinking, you guys have got it easy, haven't you? Really got it easy. No real, a tra- little, little bit of argy bargy, no real trouble or anything. Uh, there was only probably a couple of thousand England fans that, that made it to the game. But uh, they were really, really you know, up for it again. It was a last, it was a dead rubber. I think it was the last game of, of the qualification tournament. Um, we had to go and pick up our tickets because. For whatever reason, we hadn't got older. We had to go around to the, the other side of, to, to pick them up at the ground. The, the England fans just set up a little kiosk. Right, and right. it was, um, of course, it was outside the Ukrainian entrance and right around the other side. So we had to do a walk of shame around this 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 thing. And it was, you know, first one thinking it's going to get a little bit tasty here because we've got our England tops on rather stupidly and we're happily walking around. And then we got approached. I thought, here we go. And all they wanted was to have their photo taken. You know, they got out their beers and their vodkas and passed it. It was me, me, Karen, and, and uh, uh, another bloke that we, we go away. We were just sitting there, passing it out, having their photos done. Not a problem in the world. Yeah, that's, that's the Not stories so... that you want to hear, isn't it? Oh, it was. As I say, I got a couple of good photos of those. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's... It's not really my my game is not really going around deliberately annoying people or anything. But it's nice when some of these people yeah just come up and just want to want to chat to you. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. We're we're all generally the same. Like we all, we all just want to see the football and and just have a uh, just a good day out. There's not many of us that want to go and just cause trouble uh, on either side. Um, not. And- not- Club members, don't they? We all have a few beers and, you know, we'd say that we've never stood up or, or had a bit of argy budgy. I, I, I think uh, who, he who throws the first stone, is it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was um, it was good. Went to the ground, went inside the ground. Uh, we was all segregated. Then it got, you know, one of those, again, a real typical atmosphere. They, they, they were jumping up and down. Flares were thrown on the pitch and... Yeah, it was it was quite lively, but not a problem. I think the actual match, if that's important, we lost one nil. A lot of penalty. I've got um, a feeling that was uh, someone will correct me if this is wrong, but I think that was the last qualifying game that we'd lost before the Czech Republic game recently yeah, in Prague. You could be right because somebody gave me a. Yeah, somebody gave me a similar fact where they said, no, we don't lose very often on away no. days. We lose a few friendlies, but we don't lose very often. And our record is absolutely ridiculously good. 
Yeah. Ridiculously good. So, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but I know we had the goalie sent off, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Is that Rob Green? It was Rob Green. Yeah. And I think that was the, the um, that was the end of him for England after that. I think it's, uh, it was that Paul Robinson in Croatia moment. They they never quite recover from it, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but best thing really was well, to, to remember on that match, apart from the flares, was afterwards they kept us in for about three quarters of an hour, an hour, and the the Ukrainian cheerleaders came on and started practicing on the pitch. Right. And uh, obviously they was get they got some some not some stick, but they got some encouragement <laughs> from the England fans who were just standing there, and they put on a mini show for us just. Just for the hell of it, and yeah. they, they, they. I think if you look on YouTube, you, you might be able to find some of that. But it really was entertaining, very funny. They then, probably haven't had a show like that before. The cheerleaders, a performance like that, not with that reaction, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which was entertaining. I'm, I'm pretty glad they, they probably couldn't speak English because um, some of the suggestions was were, were, were quite, quite to the point. Yeah. But there we go. It was late in the day. Um, I, again, I don't know what time the match was, was went off, but it seemed to be really dark. But when we went out, you could tell there was still a little bit of something in the air. So we went straight into a pub, um, right. a little bar about 50 yards away. As we walked in, the, the governor came out and ushered us into this little side room. And there's about six of us sitting in there. He put a bottle of vodka in the middle of the table. There was a couple of other lads in there. And they were showing replays on this sort of, Eight-inch television box hanging on the wall, and he just <laughs> shut the curtain behind us. You stay in here. So we just sat there for it. It didn't cost us a penny, just keeping us out of the way, so there was no worries or anything. Oh, fair play. That was entertaining. Then we went out of there, and as we were walking along, suddenly a, a bloke shouts out, "Oi, come in here, come in here!" So went into this 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 little bar. Sit down, have a drink, have something to eat. There's this long table in this room. So yeah, I don't mind if we do. We sat down, me the good lady and this other guy, and then suddenly you, you, you're looking around and uh, these girls, it was a brothel, <laughs> okay? And I'm thinking, I've just taken my wife into a brothel. They've come <laughs> round and she's put, put her arm around me. Yes, you're okay. Speaking pidgin English, I'm going, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. And the vodka is free. I'm going, yeah, this is great. I've got a little tap on the shoulder. Oi, we're out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you other times, but that's not the first or the last time I've taken him in a brothel, to be fair. But that's oh, okay. Well, um, well, that's the same. Yeah, we, what goes, we what went goes out on there and then... Um, stays on England tour. Absolutely, except that she was with me, so she knows yeah. what goes on on tours. Um, she's as big an England fan as I am. I mean, she's been to over 100 England games. Wow. Can't argue with that. Fella. No. So, yeah, back to the hotel. Um, we had to be up about three half three because... The, the, the flight was early morning. Yeah. So I said, we'll just be at reception by, you know, I don't know about four-ish or whatever. So you get up blurry-eyed, went down to reception. All the others, most of the people have been out for night, decided just to, to drink through. Ne- nearby, or I, I say next door, but nearby was a, a bowling alley, and apparently they had dancing girls on the on the top of the bar dancing over Sambuca line. So unsurprisingly, they stayed there till about four in the morning. And then there was a a guy, when we got down, there was a guy asleep on the couch in reception. I thought nothing of it. And his mate's trying to wake him up. And I 
got chatting to him. I said, well, what's the problem now? He says, Thompsons won't let him on the on the coach. So right, they've right. gone and left us behind. No. No. I said, yeah. I said, well, well like, I'll tell you what, because you know, we're independent. We, we'll, have, we'll have a word, but you're going to let him. If he can walk onto the coach, he can come with us. Mm. Really? Yeah, if he can walk, he can come on the coach with us. And she says, oh, great. We started chatting. He found out that he was a Woolwich fan. Now, to be fair, I'm not saying that would have made a difference, but I hadn't made, had I known that beforehand, I might have hesitated. But he was all right. And uh, so he, he woke him up and started walking around throwing some coffee down his neck. By the time he left, he could walk onto the coach. So yeah. he got in there slumped. We yeah. threw him out the other end. Thought nothing of it. Um, and then a number of years later, I don't know if you remember, we played Sweden in Stockholm. Um, this is the, the first game. Mm. Yeah, that's the, the mm. Ibrahimovic scores and beats England game. Yeah. Well, I was sitting there having a beer with some some friends, get a little tap on the shoulder, and um, it was him or his mate, not him, because yeah. he probably never knew who the hell I was. And he just said thanks and bought us a couple of rounds. So uh, just oh. shows you it's paid oh. back nicely, eh? Yeah, oh, that's, that's, nice that's nice touch. Yeah. It was. It was really good. So, so that, that was about it, really. He caught his plane, we caught ours back to, to Blighty, and that was the end of a, a very entertaining trip. And sounds, I probably haven't told sounds. you all the stories there, to be fair, but they're the only ones I'm allowed to repeat. Well, I mean, it, it sounds really, really entertaining and the, the sort of thing that goes on on an England away day. Um, I mean, and there's, I'm sure there's plenty of other stories from plenty of other away days that you've got. Yeah, I'm one of these sad people. I, I I tend to make some notes. Like I sent you some notes on yeah. on it. I te- I I made some notes, and and I, I yeah, I'm not one of the. I'm not going to release a book or anything. But I'm going to get say just myself, so I can pull up every now and then and say, well, look, this is what went on, and that's what went on. And now that you can keep photos on this this Facebook thing, so you can I can marry those up as well. So it's very good. Well, if you ever fancy coming on and telling us some more stories about fans go, the fans go days, yeah. then uh, you're more than welcome. I could do, fellow. Why don't you, you're probably better off asking one or two other people who, who actually went on these things and see if they remember fans go. Because I remember getting into one guy who I go with all the time now says he can't believe it. He, his friend rang up and tried to book with us. So I said, whatever it, whatever the game was, hey, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'll put you down. He said, do you want some ice? Said, no, it's okay. Pay me in a few weeks' time. I just need to get my numbers. And he went straight on to us. He says, uh, it's just he don't want no money. And I said, well, no, of course I don't want money. I want money when I booked it all. Yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not certain this is a real thing. Are you sure <laughs> you can do that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the sort of thing that we did. It was just very friendly, very friendly. Somebody else who got... Who, who went to Germany was in the wrong place at the wrong time in the World Cup. Remember, they deported a few hundred people. Yeah. For that, was it the chair frying in? In I can't remember where it was Stuttgart or somebody. Can't can't quite remember. But um, he he was banned from Germany for a little while. So yeah, you know, I just booked him a hotel when he went over there. By by he went a ferry to Denmark, hired a car, drove to the game in Berlin. We had a room waiting. for Nice touch. But he's just a nice guy. Genuinely nice guy. Yeah, lots of stories for you, Russell. Maybe I'll tell you more over a few beers one day. We'd look forward to that, yeah. So, I mean, what what do you think then for, for going forward on the pitch, England-wise, for, well, and next year as well? What are your thoughts? Uh, 
it's difficult because you know I was brought up, not brought up, but I remember '66. Um, I remember the crap years in between. I remember the, the golden generation. I was going to win everything and won yeah. nothing. The way that we, I'm, I'm pleased with Southgate. The way that we played, you know, when we was in Russia was just refreshing, and I like the way he he gets the players and himself to engage with the fans, which I think is important. Um, so what do I think about? I'm optimistic we'll have more good than bad times. You know, we don't we don't enjoy going to Iceland, playing Iceland in in the Euros and getting beat, do we? Not so. But we you know, we we understand getting beat by some of the some of the bets. If if France beats us, we understand that. So yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic. I, the Euros, anyone can win. Will we win it? Who knows? Anyone can win that. But can he keep the squad together? Because they're all fairly young. We've got some great youngsters come through. If we can sort out defence, then I, I see no reason why we can't be a contender for 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 the World Cup. There you go. But actually, you know, I want to be shot down in flames now by everybody that knows me saying how rubbish we are. And not a hope. I'm an optimist. Yeah. We're going to be there or thereabouts, I think, is what you're saying. Yeah. You know, if we can reach a quarterfinal, who went to Moscow and thought we would win, we, we would stay there and be in the final? Most of us that went, fella, yeah. probably should have been as well. Yeah. But for that little gitter used to play the Spurs called Modric. Well, we'll we'll leave it there, and and yeah, look, let's let's hope we can talk in the future. Yeah, well, we'll never know. If you if you go and give us a bell, we're bound to be in a bar somewhere. Yeah, yeah just give us a bell. We'll meet up and have a quiet beer. Will do, Steve. Thank you very much for your time and and your memories there. More than welcome, fella. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Love that. Thanks to Steve for his time there. Now, there's many things I love about doing this podcast, and one of them is talking and hearing about supporters' experiences. And as I mentioned at the beginning, perhaps you were one of the ones on one of Steve's Fans Go trips. If you were, do get in touch. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back soon with an episode on New Zealand. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, It'll make sense when it's out, promise. Don't forget, You can find the podcast on various social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. Also, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, all of those. And if you do get the chance to leave a review, please do. Give it what you feel it deserves. So until the next time, stay safe, take care, look after yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.